wonderful and amazing hockey people out there in the hockey universe. This is Jeff with What the Puck, brought to you by Game On, sports podcast for everyone. Um, it's just me tonight, uh, going solo. Uh, Donnie's uh, still been a little busy uh, with his stuff, as well as um, no guest uh, co-hosts. Um, still trying to work on a few, uh, few uh, things. But before we get into uh, any of the hockey stuff, first I want to say, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, I want to wish you a good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, and if you're listening to this, and hopefully you'll finish it, um, want to wish you a good night. But I want to give a loud shout out to a few of our sponsors. Um, one of them over in Bracknell, UK, with Mike and Paul at Forecheck Clothing. You can find them on Instagram at Forecheck underscore Clothing. You can find them on Facebook at Forecheck Clothing, and you can also find them online at www boardcheck.co.uk they have some really amazing products out there um, on their website as well as also on social media make sure you check out their uh, new item which is uh, for goalies it's a shock absorbent glove that goes on your catcher hand Um, it's been approved not only by them but also by a few uh, professional goalies to include the uh, team GB's uh, goalie coach um, Ewan King so make sure you check that out. They also have uh, some really great product coming out on the uh, fourth or on the second of April. So keep an eye out on that. Um, I also want to give a uh, shout out to my uh, good buddy uh, out in California at eFlow. Um, you can find uh, any kind of gym product uh, such as pre-workout, post-workout, and between workout. Um, 100% whey protein, um, which they just came out with a new uh, flavor. So check that out, um, as well as a bunch of other gym swagger. You can find that at www.eflownutrition.com. You can also find them on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just go to the search engine, type in eflow nutrition, and it'll be po- and it'll definitely pop up. Also. Make sure to use our uh, promo code WTP Explanation Point 2021 at checkout to get yourself some really nice savings. Our other uh, sponsor, um, another company out of England, a really great company, gives you that really good, uh, tat- if you're into the tattoo, motorcycle, old school style feeling, uh, and collect those kind of t-shirts and designs. Make sure you check out Hockey Art Clothing Company. You can find them on Facebook at Hockey Art Clothing, Instagram and Twitter under Hockey Art Co, and also on www.hockeyartclothing.co.uk. Um, really great products, really great stuff coming out from all of these guys that I've mentioned. So make sure you check every company out. Um, so let's get right into it um it's been kind of an interesting week in hockey um so i'm going to just jump into it as i normally do um i'm going to go right into the top five uh for the division um or not the division but the league itself you have uh the first or the top five of tampa bay at 24 wins seven losses two overtime losses New York Islanders at 22 uh, wins, 8 losses, 4 overtime losses. Canes, um, actually, uh, let me update that because I 
just watched the uh, Canes versus Lightning game, so that would be 24-8-2 for the uh, Tampa Bay, and then 23 wins, 7 losses, and 3 uh, three lo- uh, three tie- overtime losses for uh, the Hurricanes. And then in fourth place, you got Caps, which are 22-7-4. and four. And then Vegas in fifth, where you have 22 wins, 8 losses, and uh, 1 overtime loss. So that's your top five uh, right now. Um, your bottom five haven't changed much, um, except maybe positions. Um, you got New Jersey at 27, uh, 12 wins, 16 losses, 4 overtime losses. Ottawa. Um, they've actually uh, made their way up a few spots um, with uh, 12, uh, 12 wins, um, 20 losses, and uh, four overtime losses. So that puts them into 28th position. Um, bumped, like I said, they've bumped up a couple spots since last uh, week. You also have Detroit at 10 wins, 20 losses, four overtime losses. Anaheim with uh, nine wins, uh, 19 losses, and six overtime losses. And then we'll get into this team uh, later on in the show. But Buffalo, um, if you've seen the uh, seen our page the last couple of days, I've been pretty much laying into them with the memes that I've been creating um, and been getting a lot of good responses. So we'll get into them. But they are at six twenty-two and four, and they're setting records, but not the records that we want to have set especially for a hockey team and not only just a hockey team but an NHL team so before we get into any of the further NHL stuff um, I'm, I'm not really going to talk about the uh, divisions um, as we can see with the top five it, the Eastern Conference minus the uh, or the Eastern or the old Eastern teams are pretty much uh, reigning that area um, between the uh, Central and the uh, East Divisions, um, or as we also know them now as the Mass Mutual and the uh, Discover, minus Vegas, who's on a tear. Um, That's not a shock. Um, They got really great system and organization that has really come together especially with their fourth year in existence. So looking to see really good things from them too. Um, But this past uh, weekend, uh, between yesterday and tonight, because I am recording just after um, 9.30, 10 o'clock roughly is where it is right now. And yesterday, the Isabel uh, playoffs picked up from when the uh, CV-19 kind of discontinued them in all Lake Placid. But what they did was is have the two top teams or the four top teams uh, play against each other. Um, winner moves on. So in the first or just a little bit of history about the Isabel Cup. The Isabel Cup um, is named after Lord Stanley's daughter um, who became one of the best uh female players in Canada at the time. As we all know, uh, Lord Stanley is uh, who the uh, Stanley Cup is named after, so 
it actually does coincide with the uh, female uh, cup. Um, and the F Isabel Cup is presented to the best female team in North America. Um, if correct, I think it was like back in like 1916 or 1917 up until about 1936 is when uh, Isabel played. So, in the, on the first day, you had the uh, Connecticut, or it, the teams that I did qualify, my apologies, guys. The teams that I did qualify for the uh, Final Four was uh, Connecticut Whale. They ended up playing uh, Minnesota Whitecaps. Minnesota ended up beating them. They played in the second game. Um, the Whale lost 7-0 to Minnesota. Then in the first game, you had Boston Pride versus the Toronto Six, who was actually this past season, before everything kind of got shut down, it was their inaugural season. Um, they ended up losing to um, Boston. Um, it was Both games were really good. Um, I took advantage of them because it was on NBC. And both both games were absolutely top-notch games. Um, no reason to even talk bad about the female league. Um, they deserve everything that they have right now, if not more. And I feel that we need to, as both America and Canada and whatever other country wants to, wants to or should send their uh, females over to play, um, equal pay so right now a lot of sponsorships are um, coming out they are helping out so tonight the last two teams that were playing were the uh, Minnesota Whitecaps versus the uh, Boston Pride both teams had uh, won the cup previous uh, the uh, Boston Pride won it in the inauguration year of 2015-2016 when it was just the four teams of Boston, uh, Buffalo, Connecticut, and uh, let me see, hold on, let me find Google real quick, I know I'm forgetting one, um, So, as I was saying, you had uh, the original teams, which would have been the Buffalo Buttes, Boston Pride, Connecticut Whale, and Metropolitan Riveters. Over the last couple of years, you, they added in the Minnesota Whitecaps, and then this past year before COVID uh, hit, they added in Toronto Six. Um, little story behind Toronto Six, really interesting. Um, so definitely look that up. Um, the number six has a few different meanings, which is really interesting um one of them it's not just because they were the sixth team in which was part of it but there's other factors too why they call themselves the toronto six so minnesota um was the other team the uh, whitecaps the last time they had won was in their expansion year which was 2017-2018 tonight both of those uh teams went head to head really good game really exciting game um just boston in the end Pulls it out four to three. Um, Minnesota came back and almost tied it up. Um, they got a goal with about 19 seconds left in the third period to make it four three. Really exciting game. Um, so it was 
it was back and forth. Um, definitely worth a uh, check if you're able to watch the recap if you missed it. So I just want to give you give a really loud shout out to the Boston Pride. Congratulations on the uh, 2021 Isabel Cup. Um, I'm going to be honest, it was the first time I actually sat down and watched um, professional female hockey for the NWHL, and I'm so glad I did. Um, it was absolutely amazing. Um, just the speed, the action, the skill, and the talent. Um, so, again, congratulations to Boston Pride. Also, to uh, Minnesota for making it as far as they did. Um, two really great teams. Um, I'm going to jump right into some of the hot topics. Um, the Flyers, um, they finally uh, found a win. Um, against the Rangers after giving up um, 17 goals in two games versus the Rangers uh, versus their three before today. Um, they finally beat the Rangers 2-1, to one, but still the Rangers outscored the uh, Flyers in, in, a, in all three games by a total of 18-5. to five. Um Hopefully the Flyers aren't going to be turning into another team that's going to be talked about later on. But before today's game, they were 3-6-1 and one the last 10. Um, so now playing the 11th game today, they're now 4-6-1 and one in the last 11. Um, good game. I uh, had a chance to watch that. Um, they play uh, Buffalo the next couple of games. That should be an easy win. Um but again, no game is ever an easy win. Just depends on what what team shows up and uh, what team uh, decides to uh, put more effort into it. Um, hopefully, those two games will come come out really good. Um, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing Buffalo win a game, but at the same time, they are kind of fun to. Well, for me anyway, they're fun to kind of like use the meme concept which has really been easy to do as of lately um and just speaking of buffalo um they're an absolute dumpster fire right now um after today um they've had 17 losses um last win was on february 23rd they did acquire two points in two overtime games um i believe march 9th and then one other one, I believe March or February 25th or 26th, um, in those two overtime losses, but still 17 straight losses. Um, they played Boston today. They could have stole that one, guys, um, easily, but they just they, they couldn't hold on to it. Uh, Boston ends up coming back, ends up winning three to two in the third period. Um, so their next game still still not an easy uh easy um easy go to I and if correct I believe they either play Boston again or they fly into Philadelphia um they uh it's it's not an easy road for them um after today yeah they fly into Philadelphia play in Philadelphia or play at home in Buffalo against Philadelphia. Um, and then the, 
they play the Rangers. The Rangers aren't a turnover team either. They just took over the spot from Philadelphia above them. And the Rangers, if they keep on going the way that they are, they might even be in a playoff spot before we know it. So I did do a little bit of a homework and a little bit of research on some of the Buffalo Star players. And I broke it down to games played, goals, assists, and plus-minus ratings. Um, you have Cody Eakin. He's played 31 games, one goal, three assists, and at a negative nine. Eichel, 21 games, two goals, 16 assists, at a negative nine. Their most expensive uh, acquisition this year, Hall, 32 games, two goals, 15 assists, negative 19. Skinner, who's who's an honestly a really great player. He's played 29 games after sitting the few games that uh, the Sabres had him sit. He's got three goals, one assist, and negative 12. And their star defenseman, the their number one draft pick from a couple years ago, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, 32 games played, two goals, 10 assists, and he's out of negative 32, folks. These names right here, or I forgot to mention uh, uh, Opozo, 24 games, one goal, four assists, negative six. He's the closest one to even being out of the negatives. This team is one of those teams you look at on a paper and you would say, wow, they have something here. Um, except the one thing that they don't really have is that much uh, strength on the blue line, as well as they don't have that much strength in the uh, blue paint. Um, it looked like uh, Allmark was back today. Um, or was it Hutton? Um, I believe it was Allmark. Um, let me verify that real quick. But the other night against the Rangers when they were playing, uh, Allmark was injured. Um, and they had to put in there a third string. I mean, he did what he had to do, but he just, yeah, it was the Allmark that came back. Um, I'm wondering if Allmark uh, came back a little too early. Um, Hutton, um, he's still injured. Um, but maybe the maybe right now they should be shopping for a, a goalie. And just speaking of shopping, they just traded Stahl to Montreal for a third and fourth round draft pick. I mean, yeah, I understand it's Stahl. Um, I did read the article that about the trade and everything, and to me, it just sounded like he was conceited. Um, in the article, it was all about him. It wasn't about the team. He just was talking consistently about him. That right there kind of rubbed the wrong way. I I I just didn't like it. Um, he he left a uh, Buffalo at. Three goals, seven assists, and a negative 20. Um, but Buffalo is going to retain uh, 1.625 million of his contract. So hopefully, if Buffalo is going to go shopping, they're, they they got to be a buyer this year. Um, I'd go after a goaltender. Um, that's one thing that I would definitely go after. Um, and speaking of Montreal, um, where Stahl is headed, um, they should be playing 
on the 30th of uh, this month due to the last uh, or the past week where they were on a CV-19 protocol. Um, they've had to postpone four games, um, so they're hoping to be back by the 30th. Boston, on the other hand, they had to postpone two games, which I believe they made up uh, on the 25th and today against the two teams um, that they had to uh, cancel out on last week and postpone. Um, and with the restrictions prior to the season, um, if a player went from the States up to Canada, they had to have a, a two-week um, isolation period. Well, that's actually changed as of recently because the league and uh, Canada dropped it from 10 days or 14 days down to 7 days so all the new players have to do when they cross into Canada before they can actually train with their team or play with their team is isolate for uh, 7 days um, which is a little bit better for them um, it gets the guys back on the ice a little bit sooner um, they're not sitting around doing absolutely nothing um, let's see um, draft change uh, rules um, especially with the two, uh, with the trade that happened between uh, Stahl or, or that. So hopefully Buffalo can um, acquire something worth worth claiming uh, and getting something out of that trade. Uh, the uh, new rules as of right now, you're looking at. So the lottery draft changes um, two drawings. Um, teams who don't make the playoffs uh, restricted to move up ten spot. If a spot is one, um, cannot win more more than twice in five years. Period, and that doesn't um, mean the years prior to this. That means starting this year um, for the 2022 start. Um, and bottom eleven have a chance for uh, the number one spot. So that gives it a lot more chances. Um, out of all honesty, I just give it to Buffalo now. But that's me. Um, just because of the situation. I mean, I don't know if it would help them any, but they need something done. Uh, again, that is an absolute dumpster fire going on in Buffalo. Um, the coaching wasn't the right deal. They haven't had a solid system in place for a while. A lot of unhappy players there. Um, and that'll be from the 23rd to the 24th of July of this year, that draft. Um, so, other than that, um, as of uh, just tonight, um, Lemieux was dealt to uh, L.A. for... A couple of draft picks um, so no more Lemieux in New York uh, so we'll see what happens there some of the other big news from this week uh, Tim Peel um, so he wasn't fired um, but he was let go due to not not being able to control what he said over the mic that right there is a sign of unprofessionalism he should have known 
that he was mic'd up. He should have known what was going to be said if he left it on, even on accident. He, all refs are mic'd up. Um, do, does this happen quite often, what he did? Of course it does. But it's one of those things that it's one of those unwritten rules of of the sport and I'm not saying it just happens in hockey it probably happens in all sports but when you're caught on video that it's it's hard to walk away from um listening to a couple of other shows um and other people talk about Tim Peel um it sounds as though he was a really great guy off the ice really caring but when he was in the stripes, he was a completely different person on the ice. Um, some players came to his defense. Others were not too fond of him. And he's been in the league since 99. Um, and he was planning on retiring after April of this year. Um, so he would have been done the, um, after this NHL season pretty much. He's done 1,334 plus games. Um 134 was going into this, or 1,334, I mean, uh, going into this season, so he's had plenty of games since. Um, but he will no longer be allowed to conduct or call any games for the rest of the season. And again, folks, he's not fired. It's basically terminal leave type deal. So, um... In a way, I, I, I wish him luck, but at the same time, you reap what you sow, um, which also gives other refs in the league kind of like a heads up that, hey, make sure, you're, make sure you're, you turn your uh, mic off. Um, and again, we all know that it happens in the league, but Mr. Peel just got busted, and it's on record. Um, another hot mention, um, does line A stand, uh, Columbus, um, a couple articles that I've read basically say that Columbus was going after him during the draft year that he got drafted by the Jets. They just couldn't propose a, uh, good enough trade to get line A. So the hard work that they've done just to get him there, um, sources say that he's probably going to stay. Um, they need to do something quick though, because from what I was reading is that he does go up as an RFA at the end of this season. Um, currently he's been, or he's played in 23 games, uh, seven goals, six assists. So it's not like he's a slouch or anything, just, um, one of those things where if the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to do it, then they need to seal the deal now. Um, give them something to look forward to, give them something to kind of like sit, not really sit on, but something to kind of like, uh, kind of like a seed. The more you water it, the more it's going to grow. Um, they need to plant everything now. So by the end of the season, he knows exactly what he wants to do. Um, if not, then he might go after a cup contender team. Who knows? It is line A. Um, just like any great player within the league, he he deserves a cup. I feel he deserves a cup. Um, so, who knows? A um, couple milestones. 
this past week as well as over the last couple of weeks. Um, Kane was honored for his uh, 1,000th game on uh, on the Blackhawks home return on Tuesday, March 23rd. Um, his current uh, record right now is games played is 1,007 uh, goals, 402 assists, 666 total points, uh, 1068 for his whole entire career. Cool thing about that, although I feel bad because of all the protocols that they're taking right now, Coach Q was able to stand on the Florida Panthers bench um, to honor Patrick Kane. Absolute class from Coach Q. Um, Again, I just wish it was a little different um, because Coach Q was there for 90% of Patrick Kane's uh, career. Um, Maybe just over the past year and a half since he's gone to uh, Florida is when he hasn't been in Kane's corner. Um, Coach Q was there during the cup seasons. So that right there shows a lot of class on Coach Q. Um, Another cool thing is they finally broke a four-game skid with a uh, win over Florida. Um, Kane uh, tops it off with two assists that night. Um, their goalie, uh, Lankinen, he's he also has a lot to uh, be thankful for. Um, he has done so much for that Chicago team. So I'm going to put it out to uh, Lankinen for uh, standing on his head and helping Chicago take over the uh, fourth place uh uh, playoff spot in the uh, Discover Central. So, best of luck to them. I do have a family member that is part of the Blackhawks, so I always do what I can to cheer on the Blackhawks, except when they're facing uh, my teams. Currently, the only one in the Central is the Canes. So, um, moving on from that, uh, Tampa Bay's goalie uh, Andre Vasilevsky also had a team record of 12 consecutive wins, which was uh, snapped by uh, Dallas the other night. Um, He also uh, lost tonight against the Hurricanes. Um, Really good game, back and forth. Um, But his, uh, as of last night, um, when I was taking notes, his goals against average uh, was a 1.91. And uh, save percentage of a point nine three two um at the time again it was a twenty six game play twenty six games played now twenty seven uh with twenty one wins um currently this far this season so those are some really great um uh stats especially for a goaltender um I did want to talk about what teams are depending on their goaltender, especially with the season the way that it is. Um, some teams have three goalies. Other teams only have two that they can really count on, along with um, a possible one uh, that is semi-decent. But I might get into that in uh, next week's show or a little bit closer to the playoffs. Um, just one last uh, quick note. The uh, trade deadline is coming up, so you might see a lot of moves. Whether it's going to be between uh, North and or the North Division with in between their division, or if they're going to try to 
bring in uh, some players from uh, America and bring them back up to Canada. Who knows, especially with only seven days instead of the whole full 14. Um, I talked about the Western uh, Conference with the uh, out there, but there's not really much going on out there. Um, nothing too big um, is happening out there. We all know who's who out there with uh, Colorado, um, Vegas, and right now Minnesota. Minnesota is doing a lot of good things. Um, they're actually uh, turning themselves on. Um, they got possibly the rookie of the year with uh, Krill. Um, uh, Talbot's uh, starting to pick up um, in the net as well as uh, another rookie goaltender I, for them. I forgot his last name. Um, but he's been doing really well for them too. So watch out for Minnesota, folks. Uh, but other than that, there's just not much excitement. Um, next season, there will be, especially with the uh, Seattle Kraken coming along and uh, coming into the system. Um, that draft will be, or the expansion draft will be this summer. So that'll be another good show where we sit here and talk about who's protected, who's not protected. But in continuation of ending the show, as I've been doing the last few weeks, talking about um, throughout the uh, years with the expansion teams and their logos, this week, um, two teams, um, the uh, expansion draft in 1976 was kind of interesting. It was, it was definitely a different style expansion. Um, the two teams were the Denver uh, Rockies and the uh, Seattle Totems, um, who were both WHL uh, teams. Um, each ha was worth about a $6 million buy-in, um, but we'll get into that. Uh, they also, at the time, would have helped create the, f uh, again, added into the uh, four divisions. It each uh, would have been a 20-team league, but we will get into what happened there um, with the Seattle Totems, and then, again, Denver, which did play. We'll get into that here in a minute. But I'm going to start off with the Seattle uh, Totems. Um, the Seattle Totems were originally part of the uh, WHO, which was also known as the Pacific uh, Pacific Coast Hockey League. Um, up until 1952, in 1952 it switched over to the uh, Western Hockey League, or also known as the WHL, um, which later folded due to the pressure from the NHL and not enough uh, funds were being put into the teams um they're losing uh attendance they're losing fans um but now we still do have the whl um which has made a comeback but not as a uh forceful uh competition to the nhl but more of like a uh farm system so the seattle totems um they had a little bit of a history um they were going to be coming into the 76-77 season. Um, their owner, uh, uh, owner last name Abby, um, he was given plenty of time to provide the cash, provide all the funds to be able to kind of like seal the deal for the Seattle Totems. Um, and just a really quick brief history on their names. They're also known as the Bombers 
in the WHL from 1952 to 54, as well as the Americans. Um, and then when the WHL went switched over to the CHL, that's when they uh, were called the Totems. Um, they're also uh, at one point in time called the uh, Iron Men, um, and that was in the early days, uh, the very early days of the Seattle. Um, so in 74-75, they switched from the WHL being folded to the uh, CHL. Um, but yeah, Abby had so many chances to be able to get get that team going to seal the deal with the NHL um, with a down payment uh, missed deadlines um, folding of the WHL and moving to the CHL loss of funds and unable to provide any kind of source of income for the NHL so in other words Seattle never made the NHL appearance and they're kind of like that team that was but never happened. Um, I'm going to go with, as much as I tried finding what their um, logo history was, it was it was kind of hard. I kept on getting a lot of runaround. So again, if any, anybody knows more about this, please let me know um, or let us know here at What the Puck. What I did find, though, is it was to honor the native relations in Seattle along with being able to homage the Pudget Sound area. Um, that's pretty much um, all I really found. Again, it was a totem pole. Um, if you research Seattle totems, they are still a team. Um, just not the same team that they were back in the 70s um, when they were going to be brought into the uh, NHL. So that's what I have for Seattle Totems. As for the Colorado Rockies, um, they were, um, well, Denver or Colorado Rockies, however you wanted to uh, say it. No, not the baseball team. Uh, back then, it was the uh, hockey team. Um, another p team that was part of the uh, WHL. Um, who were originally the scouts. Um, Colorado Rockies bought, uh, brought in the scouts from uh, the 74 expansion. Again, um, they're getting more money per capita out in the Denver area versus Casey's uh, capita per game. Um, only made sense to send the scouts to an area where they would make more money um, with a combined team. Um, so they moved out to Denver um, for the 76 uh, season. Um, and that was the end of the KC Scouts. Um, they only made the, or the Rockies only made the playoffs, uh, or the Cup playoffs once in their existence, and that was uh, 77 to 78. Funny story about that. Um, all of us know who Don Cherry is. Um, all of us know... He was, he is, and still to this day, and even when he passes on, God rest his soul when he does, because I will miss seeing him on TV here and there, even though he's no longer on TSN, which is was also known as CBC before TSN, 
and Coach's Corner and growing up in upstate New York, always enjoyed watching that that portion of Hockey Night in Canada on CBC on Saturday nights. Um, He actually coached the uh, Rockies from 79 to 82 until they got moved from Denver to New Jersey. We'll get into that in the next expansion. Um, but he, he never got along with the, uh, upper office. Go figure Don Cherry trying to get along with the management and the ones in the, uh, higher offices. So the last game of the season, when they all knew that he, that the team was going to be done, he got, he got himself a cowboy hat, cowboy boots, did himself up in Don Cherry Manor and was on the bench in that style. Um, At the end of the game, again, knowing it was their last time, the team did the honorable hold the hockey stick up, kind of forming a uh, pathway, um, kind of like they would do with swords in the military and uh, whatnot. And he walked through it, and that was that for the last game. As far as the logo, um, not much history behind it. Um, just if you take a look at it, you can tell it's the uh, Colorado uh, state flag, as well as the magnificent landscape of the Colorado Rockies. Um, just not too much history behind it. Um, just like I was unable to find all that much history behind the uh, Seattle totems. But if you guys have any more history facts on either one of these teams any information that you can provide feel free send them a message on all of our social media sources um so that's that uh again make sure you check out our uh sponsors you have uh forecheck clothing at www.forcheck.co.uk eflow at www.eflownutrition.com make sure you use our promo code WTP explanation point 2021 and then also make sure you check out Hockey Art Clothing Company at www.hockeyartclothing.co.uk now if you want to find us um, you can find us on Twitter at whatthepuckpod1 um, you can find us on Instagram at whatthepuck underscore podcast, as well as on Facebook at whatthepuck by Game On, a sports podcast for everyone, or at WTP Game On Sports Podcast. So this is Jeff with What the Puck, um, brought to you by Game On, sports podcast for everyone. And again, thank you for listening. Um, wishing you a good morning, good afternoon. Good evening, and if we're and if I'm soothing you off to sleep again, I feel bad for you. Um, but have a great night. Stay and uh, make sure you check out the uh, next episode of Hockey Tea Time Chat, where Dan and I will be uh, discussing the last weekend of the Spring Cup. Until next time, this is Jeff. Uh-huh.